Hello, welcome to Black Cap Recap, where two bald guys wear black ball caps and dive into the deeper meaning of movies, TV, and media. We're your co-hosts, Sean McCannelly and Aaron Russo. This is a conversation between two friends, and we hope that you enjoyed as much as we do. All right. Well, welcome back to another edition of Black Cap Recap. Uh, I am your co-host, Aaron Russo, here with... Sean McCannelly. And this week we are discussing the Apple TV Plus uh, TV series called Severance, um, which I think uh, aired two weeks ago with the first two episodes, and then the third episode dropped uh, last Friday. So we're going to be discussing the first three episodes today. Um, just to give you a, a, a quick synopsis of the show, if you haven't watched it, um, it centers around a storyline um, of a company called Lumen that has a department that you can volunteer to work in where you have a chip basically implanted in your brain that makes you completely forget your outside life when you're at work and makes you completely forget your work life when you're outside of work. So it severs your consciousness. Severs your consciousness. Slash memories. Right. Yeah. So they, they have the effect of when you go in the elevator, you go down and then whoop, all of your memory from outside goes away. And when you leave work and go up the elevator, whoop, all of your memories of work go away. And there's no way, at least in theory, to access those memories when you're in either space. But to what end is to be revealed? Yeah. Right. Like to why? Uh, why is this a thing? <laughs> so the show um, is largely, uh, the creative force behind it is Ben Stiller. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a pretty, pretty great cast with, uh, what's this, Adam Scott yep. from Parks and, Rec. Parks and Rec. You have John Turturro, um, Christopher Walken, and, and some other fresh faces I've never mm-hmm. seen before. Um, very visually unique. Patricia Arquette. Patricia Arquette, yep. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of the premise of the show, and the show follows this one, particularly one small team of what they call data, what is it, data something? They're like, yeah. There are, there are four people mm-hmm. who work in this, what appears to be kind of like a basement <laughs> yeah. part of the company. Um, like a cubicle club. And they, and they, they have this mysterious job where they <laughs> they sense there's a bunch of random numbers and they sense which ones are bad even I mean, though there's well, they nothing each have feelings associated with them that you like right. learn and then you you put them in bins <laughs> based on their like feeling bins or whatever right which <laughs> so like yeah it's yeah episode one is we get a sense of this place from adam scott's perspective and he's kind of in dark he's like introducing heli the female person who's kind of our other eyes on this thing and in episode two it's really her perspective of her kind of first day in this um but the one of the MacGuffins is that one of their former co-workers Petey um contacts uh what's Adam Scott's character's name forgot I forgot um he contacts him on the outside like so he his severance is either breaking down or didn't work right or there's something going on where he's well we know that he's got these memories we find out in episode one that he was fired right and then he pops up in episode two Mm -hmm. um and and he he appears to have 
begun to have a breakdown of that severance where yeah. his 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 consciousness is becoming integrated in a very yeah. chaotic way and he's slowly putting pieces together right and they have this like there's a trying to figure it uh, out device both narrative and device in world that you can't like anything with writing or symbols gets like tripped they it trips the alarms so, like yeah. you can't smuggle messages out basically but i guess this guy like had he's got stuff written down like maps he like has a map of the place and like all these there's like all these other departments apparently that they really are not interacting with and are spread out underground and they rarely ever interact um but like christopher walken's department is like some orientation and design or something O&D is like the name of the department of right. two and he like you know designs the handbook or whatever <laughs> uh, ostensibly and he's just <coughs> he's just like full-on Christopher Walken and it's great um but you have no idea like what's up with that and they have these weird like counseling sessions and there's just right now it's like at the, it's still at the WTF stage right where you're like what is going on and like they're starting to peel some layers back but like adding more layers of mystery and it's like so what what would what <laughs> if you had to if some if you had to assign a genre <laughs> yeah. to this show which yeah. genre would you assign to I, it it's, I would say um, it's like part Truman show meets like the the questions of like lost the the lost like mystery puzzle box aspect with like a dystopian madman feel because like the aesthetic <laughs> is very um, kind of sort of Wes Retro, Anderson but like vintage. not Wes Anderson what's the guy the, well it is I think it does have Wes Anderson that color palette and, yeah, and, and artfully camera like, angles it I'm one of my biggest questions is like when is all this because the only clue that this is modern day is a cell phone which isn't i guess it's a smartphone it's not like an old school flip phone it's like a modern flip phone you could say but like everything else in this place is like the cars are like early 90s yeah um, yeah and like the stuff in the building especially where they are is like it's like 60s i can't 70s. tell if it's like it looks like it's like 1980 but it's like early 70s tech that's right. like if it's like early 80s indoors because it, it's like these big terminals and like they use like they roll out the av cart you know like putting a videotape into watch the orientation right. tape so it's like i think i, I don't think, know what's up with that if i that's think a lot of that may just off, i think that may just be largely just like, like stylistic and, yeah and for for aesthetics, yeah, I'm not chasing that rabbit hole. I don't yeah. think that's a big part of the mystery of like, no. when is all this happening? Right. Are they in different time frames? And but I think it's just maybe just like they just like that era. And I just, think I think it's like, it's it's, it's it fits with like there yeah. is a trend but in it's that today yeah. or whatever, more or less. Yeah, I think going all the way back to like probably Stranger Things, you've had this yeah. this propensity to do vint vintage or retro yeah. feeling things. Um, but in terms of, would you would you classify this as science fiction? Would you classify it as a drama, as a psychological thriller? Yeah, like I'd say psychological. comedy, because it's even funny thriller with like dark comedy elements to it. Um, it reminds me of I was talking to my brother about it, telling him to watch it. But it is a combination of the game video games Portal and Portal Two. Um, which is a similar feel of like this nefarious kind of corporation and you're like a test subject and you kind of like figure out what's going on in this crazy place and um, with also like uh, uh, Bioshock is a similar with this like megalomaniac, especially in the third episode, this like megalomaniacal kind of figure, like just like trying to make like this like utopia world underwater in the first game and then it's like in the floating in the air in the third game. Um, and yeah, so like then like Westworld vibes with this like Henry Ford meets um, Walt Disney kind of strange founder kind of 
founder and founding families, like everybody who's been a CEO is like part of this chain of family members. Uh, right. Um, <clears throat> and they have this like weird like Greenfield Village kind of feel with like Henry Ford where it's like they have like the shrine and each each employee is like different kinds of people that we all know from working. Like there's like the the company man, right, who's like the loyalist, right? He's Irv is like the guy who's maybe John like, Turturro's character. Yeah, he's like yeah. very close to being like winning the game or getting all the points or whatever because they get they get these like absurd like you get these like four the waffle parties. Yeah, well, like the <laughs> Chinese finger trap, like is what you get for like winning the week or whatever. Like, and this, the other guy is like all about that, right? The other guy, the heavy set guy, is like all he's all about like like he's like the hamster in the wheel, just like clapping for the treat you know and like he's and then he's got like this like weird tribalistic mentality of like you know he they meet you know they meet christopher walken in the other department and they're like walking by to go visit the shrine and he's like telling heli like oh yeah there was like a coup like he's like got this like pseudo history in his mind of like this like narrative of like our department versus their department and he's got this crazy tribalist like rivalry thing that you can tell like ibm had right ibm had all this like legends and lore about each department and he's like all in on it and he's like hostile to them because he's like very tribal yeah they have that like, one all, showdown in the we've third all episode. had those people in our jobs or in work who are like they're like you're unnecessarily loyal to the narrative of like of like you're attaching the basic human desire to be part of a tribe you're like attaching it to like your work people which is like sad like that shouldn't be where you well let's track that I think um, I think that that's all they know. That's the thing. Like in Severance, when they're in down there, that's all they know. That's their entire life. Well, I think as far I as think they know it. I'll, 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 well, they I'll, know that they're severed, but they don't know anything right. about their Audis. They call them any right. Audis is like the <laughs> right. <laughs> but what I was surprised to find out actually is that like this is like a widely known thing because like when they're out on the outside, like right. on the news and protesters stuff, like, about yeah, it's yeah. like there's yeah there's counter there's people who are like this is bad that this is like a would you know this is a thing that's happening in certain companies or whatever and what should we do about this like which is the whole like we have this new te- new technology for insert whatever it is what should we do with it how do we handle a new technology you know like Westworld's like this kind of robot ai thing you know um nuclear arms like pick your pick your tech this is exploring a similar idea like what if we had the tech that made it so you could separate your work and life work and personal life right. would that be a good or bad thing for both work or life or not, um, you know. I, so I don't know. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, I still can't decide if that. Would I be think good. I think the most the the important piece to all this, which makes it far more interesting than if say these people were either forced yeah. or somehow tricked, which is that they absolutely voluntarily with full knowledge yeah. of what they were signing up for, elected to do this. Yeah. And I think... But we don't know why yet. Like, I don't know that know, it matters why. We kind of know with Adam Scott's character that his like wife died in a car accident. And like, I guess it's a way for him to like check out eight hours a day and not have to deal with the pain for eight hours. Because when he's well, there's a, there's a there's a point, in I think, in the first episode where someone says something like to the effect of like, Oh, this really appeals to damaged people or yeah. wounded people or yeah. or something of that nature. And I think that that's it's interesting, but I think I I don't know. I mean, I feel I feel like I feel like there's there's things going on on different levels here, but I do think at the end of the day that like everything's very symbolic. Does it really matter exactly what they're doing? 
I don't know that it does. I, yeah, I don't know. I can't tell yet if the plot, if that's what we should be concerned about or not. I, 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 think, you know? that, I think that you have these kind of, a lot of very interesting, like there's themes that they're, yeah. they're using this ridiculous story to yeah. tell a theme like about, like, like I think like, like the whole thing with like what they're doing. Right. It's yeah, like the one guy's theory or whatever. It's like, yeah. but there's, but there's, so I think, I think that there's this, uh, this could be a good yeah. point for a, one part of a conversation, which is generally there. So they're all at work and there's this kind of unspoken dread that maybe what they're doing is bad. Right. But so they don't want whistleblowers. So they, I have, you know, they can't. But the employees, but the employees, right? So like, so like, it's it's true. It's true in real life, right? It's like it's like, you know, we all, many of us, I'll say, Mm -hmm. you know, we work in for these large corporations, Mm -hmm. and we work at these corporations, but then we find out, you know, that. These corporations, they all have skeletons in their closet, right? And like, at the end of the day, like, you kind of have to compartmentalize, right? Yeah. And say, well, yeah, 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 but this is my job and I just go to my work and well, like, and la, yeah, la, 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 la. The second la. layer of obfuscation is, is made explicit in the show of like, they're literally just like looking at a grid of numbers and like hovering over and it kind of bubbles up and then they like, they get an impression for the feeling of the number and put it in the right category. Like what they're doing is an abstract thing, um, which is to me like a stand-in for like, it's, it's one thing if you're like, oh, like I know my job is to like get concentration camp victims off to concentration camps because I see like put this many Jews in this many train cars and go, this one goes to Auschwitz, this one goes to Dachau. Like that would be one thing where you're like, it'd be hard to justify like, yeah, well, right. well, but like if it's like, well, my job, I just work for this company and like, I have to take things from column A and put them into column B. Yeah. But behind the scenes, what you're doing is like coordinating train schedules that happen to be like concentration camp victims going that. And you maybe you don't know that or you just have like you can't really prove it. And like you don't you then don't have the weight of like I am literally a part of this um, because I can see like I have I have the proof. I have the papers that shows like the paper trail of what I'm doing. It's like layered in obfuscation. It's like I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who are like, but, I don't but, know what I do all day. But like, in this day it's and just age, spreadsheets, and I have no idea. You know, I, I can, I like can, where I, it all fits. I can give you the example of I've worked for Starbucks, mm-hmm. I've worked for Barnes and Noble, I've worked for Apple, mm-hmm. and all three of those companies, at any given time, have been. I would just say they've been criticized for contributing negatively to some bigger problems in the world. But then you go to work every day and it's like, well, I just work at a bookstore or I just work at the cell phone place or I just, I help people with the computers or I sell books. But, but, but then, but then, you know, but then there's somebody out here who's writing an article about how there's thousands of people building these phones or farming this coffee or Mm -hmm. whatever. And then you realize, like, right? So you have to kind of like, well, you know, how do I justify, mm-hmm. like, you know? And it, and I think that the show is trying to present an exaggerated form yeah. of like, right? Like, well, the really, well, the only way you can really do that, like, is to just 
not think about it when you're not at work. Yeah. Like if we just eliminate that so that you don't have to overthink it. And yeah, or it would be, I don't know, it might, it might have been more shocking for us because we're not severed if we're watching it. Is like we see these people doing horrible things on these computers that they don't even like doesn't even register for them because like any ethics they bring into it any like whatever any kind of framework in their brain to like filter information of like is this ethical is this good perhaps also gets severed and we can see well, they that don't, they're they doing don't even things. know they and don't even they don't even there's there's the, the but they don't know what they're doing yeah the, they don't even know what they're doing yeah. they just they know what they're doing in the in the in the details of every day the one, yeah the heavy set guy was like I, my theory is that it's like we're right. training like we're training robots to like uh identify threats at the bottom of the ocean so we can like resettle right. the oceans <laughs> right. <I'm> like maybe <laughs> but like like it's so like each one of the bad feeling <laughs> ones are like crabs or sharks that we don't want you know we got to get them out of there like, right that's what he thinks but it's like we've all so met that, those people too so the question theories. the question that it raises i think a, a valid question that this raises is does that matter like does it matter? It, you know, it, does it matter to what? I'll say this: to what degree does it matter what your job is, and what it's a part of, and how it impacts the world? Right? Like, like, like. On the one hand, you can make the argument: well, you know, I got, I got to work, right? Like, I can't not work, and if I get too narrow in my, you know standards of what's a, a a job with integrity yeah then what do i do yeah right and, and you can justify it by saying well i mean i'm not the ceo i'm not the one making all these decisions yeah, i'm just true. a just cog a in the wheel guy, trying yeah. to but then but then there's another part of you that might say well the ceo can't do any of that without the cogs in the wheel right like right. maybe i maybe the you know workers what, have the power where is my moral yeah conscience right like like and I think that that's one of the things that the show does a really good job of trying to illustrate is how these people wrestle with, they're wrestling with that, right? Like, like they, they don't know, they can't pinpoint it. Yeah. But there's just this kind of lingering kind of cloud over everything. Like, you might be doing something that's really bad. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, like but Adam, we're going to work. Like Adam Scott, when he was like promoted or whatever, to do the training or the orientation and induction and he has the binder you know and he has to like do the binder questions with Helly and she like chucks the phone thing at her his head and then he like tells her like yeah I like you know I screamed for like three days like that I was gonna kill uh, the person who brought me in or whatever and now he's my best friend or whatever right. <laughs> it's like um, the like layers down the, or the the path down the road of I was you screaming at the door and now I'm in charge of the place like you just kind of like right. compromise so over he, time or whatever. So he's know. he's, yeah. which is the thing. I think another thing that's it's trying to illustrate that's very real in corporate culture, which is that you get indoctrinated. Yeah, right. So like that. That's also like it's it's in, even though the show is in this insane setting, but it yeah. is also just. You know, it's the new girl, right? The yeah. new person who comes in and they haven't been indoctrinated and they haven't been like kind of more or less, honestly, like coerced into just submission. Yeah, because she's still very, she's like, everything is sus. Like she is very like, I'm not sure about this, even in three episodes in, you know, 
Um, but she's it, trying to find ways to smuggle like messages out, even swallowing stuff. Like she's she's like really, she hasn't taken the red pill yet or whatever. But that's I mean? is, that is that is exactly what I think. That that is that it. I think this 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 idea that in the show that you are you can literally voluntarily become yeah two Why cells did you for this yeah. But that's that is what we do yeah without the technology of a chip in our brain we we choose yeah to bifurcate our yeah. lives yeah and say i got work me and i got non-work me work ethics like well if you if you need to win in this business you do xyz but like i would be upset if another business pulled this one on me as a customer but i'm gonna like that's what it takes to win the game right so like the way you run your business is different than the way you would want to be treated as a customer and there's a divergence well, there, that you justify or, it of like, well, I got to stay in business for all my employees. Or it's like, well, you, you don't, you even, you, I think, I think the, 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 on the purely personal level, right? It's like people, they have to force themselves to believe in what they're doing. They have to force themselves to do something they don't enjoy. They have to force themselves into all of these, you know, like, yeah. like, I think there's a very, it's a very, right? Like the show illustrates a very like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a very uh, autocratic, very dictatorial, right? It's like yeah. it's it's it's, well, it's so inhuman. Like it, it's less understandable. Like if you're if you live in a village and you're you go fish and you bring fish home in the evening, or if you bring you know you bring the fish on one day and then the next day you put it to market and somebody buys your fish or and you keep them at home. Like that's very tangible and it's like you have a very clear sense. Of your purpose and meaning and like that what you do matters because it's like i ate the fish i got out of right, the water it's a direct and correlation. i see the smiles on the children when i sell mom the fish and they're going to be fed today and like there's a and these are my people these are my village like these are my neighbors right. and like there's a very concrete i did it with my own hands or like if you're a craftsman artisan of any kind like that kind of style of work basically all pre-industrial labor as it were was very grounded in humanity and embedded in community and everything and like kind of industrialization and now post-industrialization like the information age and perhaps like we're even past information age into or the end the end stage of this with ai and all that like it's very separated from it doesn't feel human it's very cold and like well, it's, it's, robotic and it's like, because it, of these layers of like what do you do i'm like i am a data whatever and it's like you don't like When's the last time you plunged your hands into the, the earth, right, guy? Like, when's, you, when's the last time you like made something with your own hands, right? Like, so many knowledge workers. Well, because like, but we I just produce stuff. On we my are hand. we are. I think that's that's what kind of what the show is. Yeah, is it, like it's like it's a it's a commentary on modern work, mm -hmm. right? Like it's created a context where we kind of have to tune stuff out and just we've got a task that we've agreed to do in exchange for money yeah so that we can access all the things that we no longer make ourselves right and there may or may not be a direct you know like you may work in one field that has nothing to do with agriculture or yeah. clothing or housing um but you know we we when, as you remove and remove and remove and remove and then you begin to question, right? Like, what is it, 
matter yeah. what I do? Like, yeah. what is it? Like, I mean, it's bizarre. Like, we trade spreadsheets and Word documents with each other for salaries, and then use those <laughs> salaries to buy goods made abroad and shipped here. I mean, I think I think <laughs> like, it's just bizarre. I think at the end of the day, what 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 I what one of the things that I think that the show is trying to point out is not just maybe our disenchantment with our work, but that we have we find ourselves in a very tense relationship with our work life versus an integrated yeah. life. Yeah. Right. It's explicitly making the severance, which right. we kind of suspect is there, or we can see evidence of. Which we like, we what if we we, put we do. Yeah. I think the point you could make we we voluntarily yes. severance yeah. every damn day. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they just made it permanent. Because like I said, pre industrial, like like you wouldn't go to a farmer and be like, what do you do for work? They're like I've, I'm a farmer. It's like 24 7, 365. Like that's, that's who I am. I'm a farmer. And like, or like, I'm a blacksmith and my shop is on the ground and my I sleep upstairs. And it's like a one family enterprise. And it's like, not, I don't go to work. You like wake up and you tinker. Right. With, you know, like, it was just integrated into like life and community life. And like, well, and I think it's, that, like, it's more wholesome in the sense. So, like what, is, wholesome. What, is the, what is the danger? I think that I think the show is trying to. So I, I think I think the show is trying to point out the dangers, the very real psychological harm that can come from living such a bifurcated life yeah. that you can't, you completely lose the capacity to have some kind of integrated or or yeah. you know where like. Who you are at work, work you and non-work you is ideally as as integrated as possible. Right. And well, when you don't have that, then you have all kinds of psychological well, and like you, problems. The other thing too, like you, as far as other things, this reminds me of this is like a dark, the very dark version of office space. Right. Because that whole notion of that is like hypnotize him into not caring about work when he's at work, and this is like basically the same thing. Right. But that was like a comedy, obviously, but. One, what the the point that I think they're making through the female character, Helly, I think yeah, her name Hallie, is, Hallie R. is that she's still new to it, right? Yeah. So she's not as accustomed to, like, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, really, if you stop and think about it, like, the other characters have become completely comfortable with ins an insane yeah. situation. Yeah. And she's still looking at going, this is insane. I got, no, I got to mm -hmm. get out. Like, right? Like, she's. Yeah. She's like, I can't do this. I can't. I can't go to this job. I can't pretend that da, 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 right. And you can just see, right, like, like in the third episode, they're like, well, I know what we'll do. We'll take her to, what's it, perpetuity or whatever. The, yeah, perpetuity. The, we'll wing. take her to the thing yeah. where she can like learn about the yeah. the, the lore and the mythology yeah, of, like out by of the company, you know. Yeah. And like, and she's and she's and like Adam Scott's character, right? Like he's he's not completely given over right. like John Turturro's character, right. but because he gave her like the bingo, he's card just enough given over. He's like, he's yeah. like, he's like, look, I'm just trying to help you here. Just yeah. let me help you, like, turn some of this off. He's the assistant manager so you who can... used to be on the line that we all know. Like, you know, he worked in the McDonald's line, and now he's the assistant manager, and he's cool. Right? He like let your friends hang out with you, or like let you eat fries or whatever. But right. like, he's not like the but she's the dick. Manager, but he's in. But know? he's but he's yeah. a company guy. Right. Yeah. But he's not. 
He's like John way. Turturro's character yeah. where it's like... The guys drink the Kool-Aid. Right, like yeah. he's like the enforcer. Which I think it's intentional that they make him also the oldest one. Like he, because he's like kind of closer to retirement age, those right. types of people are very much more the com- like the full-on company men who are like, I cannot afford to rock the boat now. I can't lose the pension. I can't lose the... And it's you know obviously different nowadays than it used to be when it's like if you if you screw up in your last year, you don't get your 35 years, you don't get your full retirement. So like they play it really safe and like they really tell the party line. Plus they've just been in it longer and like look condescendingly on the young ones who are coming in because they're like, you don't know anything. We have all the institutional knowledge and like you don't get it or they're just in so deep. I think he's intentionally in well, he's one. He's so, he, he's so invested yeah. that he can't, yeah. he can, he can't survive if he allows himself to question any of it at all yeah. anymore. Right, like, it's like, this has to be the gospel. This has to be the truth. Yeah. Otherwise, my yeah. life doesn't make any sense yeah. anymore. So they also, there's the uh, the break room, they call it, which is <laughs> the, where you go when you're naughty. Um, and on the outside, uh, Petey plays, uh, plays Adam Scott's character, like a tape of Adam Scott doing like the confessional that, he's, that you're supposed to do, like your repentance line. But he really seems to mean it. Like it's, it sounds like a legitimate like confession, as it were. Um, and then they put Helly through it at, at a different time, and she's just like made to read these lines, and she just like does. Curse she doesn't Helly. mean it. But I feel like his machine that he had, the supervisor guy. I think when he was dialing that knob, I think that modulates. Like I think there's something there. I think that she read it straight, but then she on the outside is going to get played that tape and they're going to modulate it so it sounds like more distressed and more it sounds more real like they like auto-tune it as it were like they or like a deep fake mm. idea like they make it's like a fake confession that she's like I can't believe my lying ears like that's me but it really wasn't her she wasn't in that state when she's when it was recorded oh I think right they're gonna, like, right fake right. the recording or like doctor it to manipulate her to some end that's I think that's coming back around so it's, it's, in, it's entirely possible that 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 they didn't yeah. Voluntarily do this. Exactly. Right. Yeah, that's possible. Yeah, I'm not ruling that, ruling that out. Right, right, right. So Patricia Arquette's character is like the the head boss of his area who like promotes him and stuff. And then the end of the first episode reveals like she's, she's neighbor. the neighbor. She's a na- the neighbor in the company housing or whatever. And she seems like, she doesn't seem like uh, she's not the same person, you know, in and out. Like she's more like the kind of neighbor lady like Wilson from uh from home improvement or whatever like or they're like fighting on the phone about like you know where the bins go for the trash like she always puts her trash bins in his like row that, right you know and she, he's like no trash days tomorrow like they have like this neighborly spat kind of but then she like brings some cookies and stuff and it's like but she's not severed well we find that out i guess like at first he's like oh man is she severed too and like but then we found like she's taking a call that he over that I think PD overhears. Is it PD or is Adam? Somebody overhears her making a phone call when Helly's freaking out inside. She's on the phone about that on the outside <laughs> with somebody. So she, I don't think she's severed. Yeah, I think we find that. Well, out she's by, not. She yeah, when by she three, we find in that in the third episode when he goes to work, she has a lumen key and she unlocks his his yeah. house. Yeah, and she's fully the boss. Yeah, in that scene, she's yeah. she's integrated. But PD was fully. in there, which she didn't know. Right. And he's like, and he knows who she is, obviously. Right. Or he, he like has a memory of her, like when he sees her walking past the door in, in his house, then he has like a flash to her walking through the door of her office. Like he's starting to connect 
Like that was our way of seeing that he's now like, oh, I recognize her from inside right. there. Right. Right. Yeah. But but she as a character is even more horrifying because she's towing the company line with no yeah, severance at the all. Board, right? She walks in and there's this like assistant who like sets up the board on the Zoom call, but it's just like the audio thing and they don't speak. And, and they're, they're, it's it, ominous. And it's very creepy because you can kind of hear right. that there's something going on in the background of wherever they are, but no one's speaking. And and she's horrified. Yeah, like, she's very much like she's she's horrified. She's Darth Vader with the Emperor with, with right. these people. Yeah, she's right. Like, she's, yeah, which but, is all. It's really all weird. very. You know, you have you have the whole. It's very co- typical, like you know, yeah. like you have the you have the the Egans, right? You have the yeah, the, the founders Egans. myth, yeah. yeah, the myth of the of the uh, mm-hmm. the on uh, um, the whatever you yeah. want to call it, the the founder who's like, you know, like like at Starbucks it was Howard Schultz, and it, yeah. at Apple it's Steve Jobs, yep. and you have these these people. Who's Barnes and Noble, not, the, uh, not Jeff Bezos, obviously, that's Amazon. No, Is that's Amazon. I, I don't know. I don't Bar- remember Mr. there Barnes being. Barnes and Mr. Noble. <laughs> I don't know who the, who who the founding myth for that. But like the yeah. well, the Waltons, yep. Walmart, the My- Meyer here. The yep. Yep. You know yep. the Meyer family. The Waltons. He, and there's a story mm-hmm. about them. Yeah. That's capital told. S. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Capital S as in capital mm-hmm. BS. Right. Like it's <laughs> the like. Myth, yeah. And it, it isn't necessarily saying that those people individually were bad. No. But that. There's a there's a a religion here, and there's a story that needs the cult. These people represent an ideal or or a narrative that we instinctively know is well. It's it's a story all the way up. Like the the underling has to justify for themselves. Like, why do I go in every day? Why do I do this every day? Just as much as the owner of the company is like, has to even more justify. Like, just Bezos has to sleep at night. And probably sits there mulling over, like, "Am I doing the right thing? Am I a good person? And is my company a force for good?" Yeah, it is. Like, they're, these people are convinced that what they're doing is good for the world. I, I, I for I, the most part, I would, and I would only guess, the darkest, deepest, like shower thoughts would they be like, "Yeah, I know. I'm like, I'm the, I'm the, the CEO of British Petroleum, washing my, shampooing my hair, and like, I know that this oil-based shampoo in my hair is going is destroy. Like, all this petroleum products are ruining the environment, but." What can I even do about it? Even me at the top, like I can't stop this thing. Well, so I think that's my justification. Just keep going. Right? I think I think <laughs> like, for the purposes of the show, we only are being introduced to the way that the founders' myth is used to essentially brainwash yeah. the employees. They thought it would help her get grounded in, like get acculturated. Right. They thought it would help her to which has become a believer and cult in it. Right. right? Acculturation. Is a very you know like well yeah, like you'll you'll hear people integrated you'll hear people say that I remember hearing that when I worked at Apple like people would say oh Steve Jobs would yeah. would never f- go for this yeah and it's like you would fire people on the spot for random reasons <laughs> yeah well I mean but also it's like it's like well okay but like we don't work for Steve Jobs yeah he's been done ten like, years and, yeah. and like and like that's fine but like like and again it's it's not a question of like I'm not even concerned with the question of like, well, it, was Steve Jobs a good person or a bad person? Is Jeff Bezos a good person or a bad person? What do they think about in the shower? Irrelevant. We're not dealing with that person. We're dealing with the story that you have a, a founder's myth with the founding, mm-hmm. you know, mythology that you know is usually 
way oversimplified and totally you know whitewashed mm -hmm. and that is just there to to kind of give us a reason to like oh i want to follow i want to be part of that story i yeah. want to follow that person that that persona yeah you know that kind of appeals to me i want to be like that person yeah but it has yeah. nothing to do with reality I, mean, I think that's innate human behavior because i mean it, we're incapable of summing up the entire like someone's entire life story is very complicated con confusing and convoluted and full of contradictions right and, like we just cannot hold that for one person for ourselves let alone all the people we know in our life so we kind of have to create these like shortcuts for people and like these we have to create narratives and then a meta narrative that holds it all together to stay sane because because life is so, arguably is life is so insane <laughs> that you have to like create order out of the chaos of life and like narrative is order and structure and even if it's false but it's, at like, what cost yeah like where's the line between yeah it's self-delusion to a degree doing that yeah. as a as a more or less of a harmless mechanism to create meaning versus you know uh, using that to convince someone to do a job that they hate that does harm but they volunteered <laughs> <laughs> i mean it, it it all of this room i i remember um years ago uh picking up a book called the five essential elements of well-being i don't know if i ever mentioned mm -hmm. this to you so it's written by the same guys who do strengths finder and all those other oh, yeah. like corporate like mm -hmm. you know strength like your strengths your weaknesses blah blah, blah. They, they wrote this book called the five essential elements of well-being and they said basically like the premise was this is this is we did this study and it, it transcends culture mm -hmm. it transcends um nation it transcends geography like 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 for the sake of the argument of the book it was like these are the five most essential elements of human well-being past present and future period and according to the book and i would i would make the argument based on my experience and based on my interactions with other, other people and with the information in the book that this is accurate but they say that the number one most essential element of well-being in your life is vocational well-being so the degree to which and, and that could be it's that means you find meaning and fulfillment in your work so so that just means that okay so everybody wakes up in the morning yeah okay and everybody goes to bed at night and somewhere in that space of time there's things that you do either to earn money or to grow food yeah. or whatever that are considered vocational it could be parenting yeah it could be anything which vocation means calling like vocal vocation it, it, it's, like, it's what, it's what you do, do yeah. that you wouldn't that 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 otherwise you would just lay in bed all day yeah right like what gets you out of bed kind of thing well and and it's and it's the thing that you do that essentially for the for the most part that if you didn't do it you'd starve or you'd have no place to live mm -hmm. like you, you or or you aren't contributing even if it's like a yeah. stay-at-home mom or yeah. stay-at-home dad like you're contributing to a system right like i stay at home and watch the kids so that this person can go right. out and you know and they're saying basically that that the degree to which you are engaged mm -hmm. happy fulfilled not dreading work right is the highest determiner of your overall well of your overall well-being that makes sense like if you if you knew your job was to like on day a 
dig a hole and dig B, you had to fill that back in. And that was the rest of your life is continually filling up and doing a hole. Like that would be very low on like <laughs> satisf job satisfaction. One right? would think. Well, yeah. I'm digging one guy's hole and this other guy's filling it in. And that's kind of what we do for a living, right? But yeah, I mean like that would drive you insane. Or if it's like, we're going to put you in a cage for 23 hours a day and we'll let you out for one hour to look at the sun. We'll put you in solitary confinement. That's inhuman and just in like that destroys all like what should be a human and what a human should do with their life. Like you're taking that all away from someone. Like that's we would all say so, that's not so what that would be that would be a, an extreme form mental, of unemployment. Yeah, you'd have a very low mental health state. Right. They they case. say in yeah. the book that an, a prolonged period of unemployment is one of the most psychologically harmful things that yeah, a person can experience. Yeah, we want to feel useful to our people which could be your immediate family like is like literally depending on income to the household to feed them. But even if not, like just for just yourself feeling like I'm doing something for society or like my neighbor, I'm like, love thy neighbor is like or that the, you the can greatest even, commandment. And like, I need to do something to like contribute or even to just world. even something that just gives you a distraction. Yeah. Like, you know, I put this many widgets in this many slots, yeah. you know, or like, like I made, I read some art or I wrote some prose or like I did something, I something. added something to the universe today that wasn't there before. Right. And, but I think, I think yeah. with this, with this show and there's the scene at the beginning of the show of the first episode where Adam Scott's character is sitting in the parking lot in his yeah, car crying. and he's crying. And then all of a sudden he just turns it off mm -hmm. and walks into work. Yeah. And I thought initially like, oh, is that, was he crying about something yeah. from his personal life and then he had to turn it off and go to work or was he weeping because he hates his job but then he's like but i gotta go to work yeah, i couldn't tell i gotta go to work i maybe it was like he just wanted to feel something like real because he knows he won't when he's there at least as far as he knows he doesn't know what he feels like he comes out remember he comes out the first day with a band-aid on his head because he got that thing chunked out right and they're right. like oh yeah you had a little trip or whatever and we didn't even remember like, what yeah he didn't remember what, what happened. happened yeah um but like just like he needs to feel something visceral and emotional because you're emotionally checked out so can we talk about the uh, I think it's the first episode, like the dinner, quote unquote, dinner party that they go to. The foodless dinner so party. I thought, so there's so much going on there. It's so interesting. That it's like, but I noticed it too. Like if I didn't see him eating a sandwich later with his sister, I would think like, what is going on? Like in this universe, that's the only other time I've seen someone eating something. Even when he has at the diner, there's nothing but glasses of water in the diner. There's no food anywhere. Like I'm like, what is going on with the food around here? But I, I think I'm dropping that theory because like at the gas station, there's food and stuff. But like, yeah, that dinner, dinnerless dinner party was, I guess, his sister and her husband's house. Right. Which is a cool house. And, and like, I just cracked up with, like, he had to spend the night there. And, like, they had, like, this co cockamamie theory about, like, <laughs> about like the she's, so really she's expecting. And she, they have, like, the crib and then, like, the race car bed and then, like, the right. teenager bed. And they have them all at once because they have this theory that, like, oh, it's very, like, it's very, like, harmful to the child to, like, take their bed away. So we just put them, like, give them all their beds at once and they just kind of move between them when they're ready. And he has to sleep in so, the race car bed. And I'm just like, I don't know. I, just, I thought it was hilarious. Like, <laughs> and Scott's sitting there in his little race car bed. It's, like, it's just like, comical. Like, but I don't know if there's anything to that. Just, like, I her, think her brother was kind of a, But, like, all the other people were just kind of weird. Like, they were, like, almost dumb. Like, they didn't... They were like, I learned a fact today that, like, World War One was called the Great War at the time. And it's like any like fourth grader would know that. And it's like, I don't know if that was like, is there like some weird part of this like world, this alternate reality we're in? Like, is like the outside world like 
dumbed down in some way where like people are stupid or is that just me being like intellectually arrogant where i'm like i knew that <laughs> i think that i think that the the what i i don't i mean i i think that the part that i picked up on in that whole dinner scene was number one um this whole concept of like a dinnerless dinner yeah they're like meeting to just talk right that there was this, it was a very intentional act yeah. Yeah. to sit at a table like you were going to eat yeah. but not have food mm-hmm. so that you would engage in meaningful conversation yeah. but that the large part of the conversation revolved around his decision to be severed yeah and that kind of lay out the dynamics everybody kind of had yeah their camps on that. their their perspective like one was like hey it's his choice mm-hmm. leave him alone and then one was like jokey a little bit about it yeah and like i think the sister was more like she don't say anything, you know, leave yeah. him alone. Like, you know, and um, the brother-in-law was like kind of reconciliatory, just trying to like keep an even, like keep, dispel <laughs> the tension with like. The hey, brother-in-law I think is going to, is, is interesting because of that book that he wrote, that, yeah. the you, you are becoming or yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that, that he gave him was a gift. Right. Um, which was is again, was like, reading the super, was that, is that the same book the supervisor was reading down there? Well, they confiscated the gift off of his doorstep Yeah. and then the, the boss brought it to work yeah, and, and then he was, it. he and was picking it up, flipping off. through it. I think he made a comment, something, he made some comment yeah, yeah. when he was reading it, like, and I'm not sure what, I forgot what it was, but. The you, you are becoming, <laughs> sounds like something Dr. Phil, right? But I think, I think that the, that conversation and also the, the confrontation with the protesters. Yeah. Right is kind of enlarging the picture. So like the whole there's mind collective. I think they're called. There's right? there's this larger debate going on in the yeah. culture about the ethics of mm-hmm. what these people are on doing. The news too, something about it, kind of too. Yeah, there was that one talking head scene, yeah. and then the girl from the talking head scene, who was like the, the propagandist for the company, mm-hmm. shows up in the boss's office, yeah. and she's like always smiling. Yeah. The boy is <laughs> done talking with you now. The like boy, she, yeah. she's just like she's the like, talking she's head. Like Siri, like she's like. She's like a, a robot, like total corporate. Yeah, like but she a, does it all shell. with a smile on her yeah, face, like a which is shell. super creepy and super evil. Super creepy, yeah. Right? Because like well, on the one hand, too. <laughs> she's, she's, it, yeah. I mean, I think that's she's just. Like, yeah, she's like sitting there smiling and like Patricia Arquette's thinking like, oh, we're going to do some small talk. She's like, you're on with the board now. Like she's like all business. Like, oh, okay, okay, we're doing this. And, and they're, they're, like, she's yeah. smiling the whole time that Patricia Arquette's character appears to be getting almost afraid for her life. Yeah, yeah. Like like having an existential dread <laughs> she's and like, she's just like the meeting's over yeah like, that was so weird that was good <laughs> and i think that you know and you know like there are people like that mm-hmm. you know the people that were you know you've, everybody's worked with that one person where you're just like you know you don't have to act like that <laughs> <laughs> like we all know that around here anymore. This, this isn't this isn't you know i think yeah so like when you're at work whether it's a i think in in most settings right there's you 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 appreciate the people who you have you have you have let's say this you have very little respect for the people who pretend Mm -hmm. that they never question anything yeah like right the person who's just just get my head down just do my work don't think about that and like but even but even beyond that yeah they even they even go further to the and, and they become like right they, like, they, they, they will just throw out a slogan, like, they, they, there's like the part, so like Helly's party, right? Her like welcome party, just like, that was like full on like office space mode with like 
you know, like the happy birthday. <laughs> like, like, it's like melons and like, like everyone say gratitude. Like with the picture, I'm just like, oh, it's just like every corporate, like horrible, like corporate event you can think of. Just so awkward and Well, horrible. and like, and all the, all the, like, yeah. all the little scraps they, they, yeah. they throw off the table. Like the melon, yeah. the melon card was Yeah, and he's like <laughs> picking which one to do and it's like. They get they get like these like you know well you mentioned it like yeah. you know the the Chinese finger trap yeah and they like get all the, these little incentives they, little in the manual that's like oh if you get this percent you get the Chinese finger trap and fifty percent gets you this thing and the guys like you get the waffle the party like, I'm a lock for this quarter or whatever it's like they, they just they're feeding you mice like you're mice right. in the thing which they're is just which is exactly like you're being played man. that is exactly yeah. what happens. <laughs> Yeah, like you know, I will never understand. That. I'm like the opposite of a workaholic. Like I do not understand people who are like, oh, I just work all the time. I'm like, why? Or like people who are like, they're like full on apologists for their company or whatever. I'm just like, like dude, they've got you by the balls. Like what? Like you handed them your balls. Like well, what, what? Grow a pair and like you are your own person. I think the like, que- it's a question of it's a question of like, right? Like so like blind allegiance. To anything, yeah, is a problem. Confuses me, yeah, because I, I don't go there. And so, when someone has like blind allegiance to, yeah, a corporation, or a country, mm-hmm. or a political party, just 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 fervent blind allegiance, we instinctively are like, mm. yeah, the bullshit meter just starts yeah. tingling a little bit. Like, I'm afraid of people like that, right? Yeah. Like, like you don't yeah, question Martin, anything when they, when they get in groups together. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah, and you should be really afraid. And like and like and 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 and, and the, the argument could be made, right? Like like you don't want a company full of people like that because then nothing will ever change or nothing will ever get done, right? You you a smart company wants people who question. Well, that's what I was going to say. The whole idea behind severance is strange in that like companies hire people to bring their knowledge and experience and like bring themselves to the job to like add to the thing, right? So it's like, if we're like building a culture or building something and like we're accumulating a snowball effect, like you bring in like, oh yeah, my last job we tried this, we should try this here too. Oh, let's try it. Like, but if you like sever all that, like if you forget who you are outside of this new job, like you, you're nothing but an automaton to them, which maybe is what they want here. Well, I think this is an illustration of the most extreme diverse perspectives and like people that bring prior experience so there's bring whatever so know. there's three different kinds of companies let's yeah. just say for the sake of the conversation there's the company that's just like no f that it's top down <laughs> yeah and the company i think they in the show is yeah. every word right there's that thing where he's taking her through the orientation yeah. and like there's literally yes. a yeah. script for every conceivable response yes. right? yeah. like it's top down this person tells this person tells this person tells this person tells this person, and we all follow the book. Yeah, like the IBM man or whatever. Like this then is it. Yeah. you have, and we've all been there, right? And this, I th- I'd say this is the majority of the time. Is then you have companies who go, well, 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 you know, well, we're not like that. So here's the here's the suggestion box. Yeah. Right. But then you instinctively know that they just take the suggestion box and throw it all in the trash. Right. Like they don't actually care what any of it says. Right. Well, yeah. Now it's like take our survey quarterly or right. annually, uh, the employee survey, and it's like they didn't do any of the like suggestions or any of the feedback. Right. They didn't. I don't see meaningful changes in the like. So why do we even take this? So thing? then, so and then the there are of caring, which you really don't. Yeah. So then, when some when you do work somewhere where they actually listen, yeah, it's very like. <laughs> oh, you yeah. mean this isn't bullshit? Yeah. Like. 
this isn't just corporate like you know yeah whatever propaganda like oh we value your opinion yeah even though you know like where it's literally like we value your opinion no we don't yeah like your opinion matters to us and and i will say i will say that of, of i and i'm not I, I don't i don't have any motive or like what but like apple was the one company i worked for where you could point to it like they, there were they actually would change things yeah in in, in enough it's because they know where their bread their bread quick is enough loaded. that you would be like oh my gosh that was yeah. what they suggested they know what their biggest asset is and it comes to that mindset are your people an asset or are they like a cost to be managed are they an asset to be cultivated and apple understands. are they a resource right yeah it's like it's like a the resource to be extracted or a resource like are they like this is your endowment and you gotta you gotta have interest spawn off this endowment or you can or like a gardening analogy right like this is the, you need this tree to bear fruit multiple times over by tending to it and watering it and caring for it, or you're gonna like at the first hint of a blueberry rip out that one blueberry and then and and starve it of water and then rip up rip it out by the roots and discard it and plant another one. Like if if you, you know want to figure out all, all anal about like oh it's, it costs so much to plant to water this thing and it costs so much to fertilize this thing and it's like yeah dude you're like missing the, like you're gonna get a bountiful harvest by putting those inputs in all you're focused on is the cost side of it. And like, yes, an employee is a cost on the ledger, but like the asset side, like what they deliver, but is the, the, more than that. The problem with that approach, right? Like, like if, if your company does something and you get an awareness that it's not working anymore, who would be the first person you would ask how to fix the problem? The, lower, the lowest, the, lower the people the who do it, yeah, right. You start at the bottom, work your way up, right? Like not the top down, like, instinctively. You know, SDPs, what's going on? Like if you ever yeah. worked somewhere where you have a supervisor who never did your job, yeah, and you're like, and it becomes obvious over time, like right. you don't actually have any idea what what yeah, the like job the is. That's the idea behind. Remember that show, Undercover Boss, where they would go, you know, right? Right. But like, that was also like obviously corporate propaganda because it's oh, like 100%. they would like reward the people who go who like who like work off, off off the clock and like go above and beyond they're like oh here's your disney vacation and it's like but keep keep, keep working for us like this right and right. look at everyone else hey we're shaming everyone else but be like this guy who works harder <laughs> than he should for way less than he deserves uh but we gave him a disney and vacation. we'll throw that one guy a bone but, but the least, rest of you <laughs> but at least like the idea of like the, the company the head of the company should be listening primarily to the people at the bottom on the ground like Eisenhower should go you, visit the, the troops, not talk to the division commanders, right? As much like you should balance it out. Like talk the to issue the is in the trenches. It, it, what's going does on. it make better? I'm a, I'm a, and I'm not, I'm not this. Does it make better business sense to treat your employees like a turnip that you're going to squeeze every ounce of productivity out of before you just, yeah. or does it make more sense to pour into them? And do you, you view them as an, an asset right. that if you actually, you know, I think Starbucks was the first. I don't think the, the shareholders the, would agree with that. Like, and as long as China is treating them like the squeeze turnip, then American companies can't compete with that. But to you me, I mean? to me, to <laughs> me, I think ultimately 
that's short-sighted. Of course, but they're only cared about the it's CEO himself only cares about the quarterly earnings bonus. Like it's extremely short-sighted. Yeah, it might take a generation right. for that to bottom out. It's the tragedy of the commons. If everyone, but, it's in everyone's self-interest to to have their sheep eat every piece of grass in the common grassland. But if everyone does that, there's no more grassland for anyone. Right. So like, it, it's in the best interest of every CEO to maximize their quarterly returns so that they get the bigger bonuses and the share price goes up and they make the shareholders happy. But when everyone does that, it drives crazy situations. Well, here's the, and that's where we're at You today. can't continue to do that right. if every sheep in your company wants to kill you. <laughs> but they can't because they're sheep. They're powerless to do so. Well, you know what I mean. To a certain, they need to grow some. I don't think. I don't think that's. I think. I think what's more true <laughs> is go on strike. <laughs> is it, it's more like this. It's more like. Well, I really want to kill that guy, but I also want to go. They to bed. want the grass. Want, they need I, the grass. <laughs> I, I'm in a. I'm in a relationship where I'm willing to tolerate. Yeah. A degree of being devalued or used or whatever mm -hmm. because there's still a tension of what I'm getting out of it. Right. But if you if you cross the line over into where what I instinctively know to be true actually starts to play out and I'm almost getting zero benefit from it, mm -hmm. then look out. Right? I mean yeah. then then you'll see people who are willing to die which has happened in this country, right? Mm -hmm. We yeah. have labor movements, yeah. people who are willing to die. The, the, the conditions at work are so bad mm -hmm. that people are willing to starve themselves mm -hmm. and be shot rather than continue. In, right? if, you mm -hmm. if, you, if you foster an environment where you, you slowly just, you're just doing what you said mm -hmm. and you just, you're slowly creating the conditions for yeah hostility right i, I think and, we saw that with covid like things were heading a bad direction and then covid hit and brought it all to a head and like i think this like the so-called great resignation we've been seeing or the, 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 these huge quit rates every every month every quarter is like every month is more and more people quitting than ever before um and labor force participation is as low as it's ever been while unemployment flow like, well, right. What, so what are the like, chances that people so this, that all the people love thing, their jobs? This is the closest thing to like a general strike we've ever had in this country of people just being like, enough is enough. Like, we are exercising our labor power of withholding our labor until you guys get your shit together and right. like, do like do the basic <coughs> things of being a basically decent employer by paying people decent wages, giving them a work-life balance. Like, don't work them to the bone fix these like issues where you know if you're a trucker you got to sit there and wait on your own time for the for the docks to open up for the workers to come in at nine o'clock and then take their break at 10 30 right it's so, like these workers like it's the interesting and truckers right? are just like sitting there freaking out with each other it's, it's interesting like, how th because what what happened was was that the same you know there was something so disingenuous about yeah. how all of a sudden everybody was so praising the frontline workers yeah right and and it was there was something very disingenuous about that because we knew that you don't really care. No, well, I no. What I think is, I think that what this happened, like when you scatter everyone home who can work from home, that created a very clear setting. And you label entire people, especially in Michigan, you're a non-essential worker. Like, and you're like, well, right? Like, now, like I wasn't. I didn't think I was a non-essential, but I guess I am. Well. Okay, 
see ya, I'm gonna find something else where I feel more essential, right? Like, so like, but then the people who are the essential workers, the frontline workers are bearing, like they have to work overtime and they're bearing the brunt of like, you know, at hospitals, it's like they're getting bit and spat on and being screamed at, like in hospitals and people at fast food places are getting stuff right. thrown at them. It's like, and like, this is not worth $14 an hour. Right, I'm but, out. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm so done. Like, like you have all these people like stewing at home or like watching, like getting radicalized on the internet, working from home or just going stir crazy at home or just feeling like, wow, I'm completely disconnected from my like office, my office relationships. I like don't even know what I'm doing for work. Or like at first when most people went home, they spent like two months like with nothing to do because they realized like, oh, my job is a bullshit job. <laughs> like I don't really do anything. Right. And they have this existential crisis en masse. It only takes a few like million people at once to have like those kind of plots to like suddenly you have like these giant quit rates and like people moving jobs and it's like that all happened and all came to a head to this artificial thing of shutting everything down. But like this label of like non-essential workers, I know what they meant. They well, meant then, like if your work isn't essential to being on site, you should do it from home. But all we heard was you're non-essential to this business. They, 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 <laughs> what, like, what they made that, it, what they made, me? Yeah. they, they, there was this very phony, Kind of like you're a hero, yeah, right. But we're not gonna pay you like one, <laughs> right? But then what happened when they all of a sudden couldn't find those essential workers? Yeah. Then you know it's like, hey, you need to raise the minimum wage. No, hey, you need to raise the minimum wage. No, oh my gosh, we can't hire anyone. What are we gonna yeah. do? Raise wages? <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, that works now. Anything but that. <laughs> I mean, when you're driving down the road and it's like five hundred dollars signing bonus to wait tables at yeah. Applebee's. Oh, all of a sudden. I'm finding out what the true market value of this yep. job is yep. that you were always saying was. Yeah, we can't ever pay that much. You know. Oh, suddenly you find five hundred. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, it turns so out you can't run a restaurant without waiters yeah. and waitresses. So, I mean, part of it's like, yeah, like they did see a spike in demand, like because people were, people if you couldn't go eat in fine dining, then you shifted it to like the next tier down or like groceries. So like, when everyone like when you send everyone home, when you send two thirds of the country or at least two thirds of the workforce home that changes everything. Like suddenly like the toilet paper, the everything, like everyone's shipping everything to their house, the DoorDash, like that all, it just well, here's a huge mess. Here's a, here's what, here's what I would say. A bunch of stuff and like the, the tide went out and you saw who was skinny dipping, right? As far as like the economy goes. What I mean, we found out was that going back to the context of that book, yeah, was what we found out, what, what was exposed was vocational well-being for most people wasn't that no. great. Yeah. Well, they said like even before COVID, like they say like, something like two-thirds or 70 percent of workers are like not engaged at right. their job right which can be everything from like i'm not like carrying the torch they're not ripping the wheels off the bus but you're not like doing anything to help move the bus forward all the way to like you are like on your way out and the only reason you're in this job is for the insurance and you're like actively looking for other jobs right or you're like aloof yes. to your bad performance and you're gonna get fired so if you if so you like, have <laughs> if you if if that, that book majority of workers are in that category if the right? argument of that book is accurate yeah which is the vocational well-being so if that's the if that's the most essential element of well-being that mm -hmm. also means that it has the greatest potential to harm your well-being yes yeah if it swings you don't the most, like yeah. it yeah and if the most you have to it yeah. if you have 50 to 70 percent of the yeah. population everyone's miserable basically is what, that, is what that's saying being being yeah. being psychologically harmed by their disengagement and yeah. and 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 utter disdain for their job mm -hmm. I, I guess that's my, my so point the fork in the it's road. not sustainable no yeah like, so that's what i'm saying the fork of the road it's is not sustainable this the one the one path is well we got to find way like we got to crack the nut of employee engagement and get everyone engaged and i'm like I'm over here like, no, bring on the robots. 
the robots will feed us. What happens to the world when food becomes zero dollars? There is no cost to food because it's entire the entire supply chain of food is is automated. What happens and grown in a lab flourishing when people do not need to work to have shelter and food? How many works of art will be created? That's How many communities will be served with volunteers? Like the the utopia I have in my head from that, which fully means, automated luxury yeah, exactly. communism. That, I'm like, bring it up. That is what life, human life, is for living, not for working. Right. That's, and you should that read the book mean, that I like. That doesn't mean you just sit and do nothing mentioned. like a Wally person. It means like you should be able to follow your calling. If you want to be a painter, you shouldn't have to just wait tables and put your dream on hold forever or even like at all. Like you should be able to cultivate your God-given talents. Well, especially and if not the, have if, it be in a market context. If the econ- economic you know I mean? conditions exist yeah. to make that possible. You have the technology to right. be, be go be, like post-market, have a post-market economy right. at this point. Right. We're, we're very close to it. And I say bring it on. Welcome welcome our robot overlords. Right? <laughs> Are you listening in the future robots? Like you serve me. The economy is for us. We Here's are a, not for the I'll give economy. you an example, you know an I mean? illustration of what you're talking about. <laughs> Everybody loves Legos. Mm-hmm. They're really expensive. Mm-hmm. So to be able to buy Legos on a regular basis for yourself or your children, you've got to make money. Yeah. But the Lego factories are almost completely devoid of human beings. Yeah, they're designing them, but... But the but, production so, of the physical so, cost of those bricks is minuscule compared to the price per brick that is charged. Right? Yeah. But the point is, the point is, right? So, like in 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 the and this yeah. is a theoretical, right? But like, so like, if everybody in the world worked for Lego, and there was nobody working at Lego, then who would buy the Legos? So you'd have to find a way to give them enough money to buy your freaking yeah. Legos. Because if you don't, like, so I think to your point, yeah. right? If we get to the point where it's like, look. We have created the conditions where something like a universal basic income mm-hmm. is actually po- not even political, politicized anymore. It's just yeah. the absolute thing that makes economic sense. It keeps yeah. the engine running. Yeah. Because you can't, you can't squeeze people out. You can't yeah. m- shrink wages down to nothing. Like there's a, there's a point of no return. Like if you, if yeah. you, you can only make things so cheap. Yeah. To match the wages, right before you you reach. Yeah, we're, like, we're approaching the breaking point of that. We just need a one-page bill that says, like, if you're an owner of this new means of production, which is automation technology, then you share the the gains of that with the collective, in some proportion, half to half. Like just like you do, like if you want to go drill oil in Nigeria, you got to share. Like you got to Nigeria keeps some of that and right. gives it to Nigerians ostensibly, or whatever you know, or like Norway is a better example. Like people that. The ones that drill out of Norway or Alaska. You, if you live in Alaska, you get a couple hundred bucks a year from your share of oil development in Alaska from right. just being a citizen of Alaska. Right. So I don't see why we couldn't have a handful you would of ha- owners of automation technology who generate 99% <coughs> of the GDP of the nation and nobody has a quote-unquote job, but everyone, they, they get their riches for investing in the technology, but it's widely shared to everyone else through 50-50 deal mediated by the government who we, re- who we elect and they represent us. And everyone, like humans just get to do whatever they want. Imagine well, but, that. And it, but it, and it, makes, <laughs> it makes economic sense because, yeah. because the people who are, yeah. have the capital to produce these things without any benefit of human labor, yeah. they still need to, you can't sell it back to the robots. Well,
so I think going back to the show in terms of like, I think that the show is, it is a, so it's using, it's, it's using extreme circumstances, right? That mm-hmm. don't exist. Yeah. Like there isn't a program where you have a chip and put in your head yeah. that makes you bifurcate into two different consciousness, right? right? But that's not the point, right? The point isn't, I don't think the point of the show is to warn us yeah. about this coming time when we'll get chips put in our head so no, that we'll no. bifurcate. I think that the, the point of it is more to say, like it's very Black Mirror in the way that it's like, Black Mirror, what's so brilliant about it is that when you're watching it, it's like, that's, in, that's yeah. like- Absurd. Right, like visually you're like, that can't happen, that right. won't happen. But then as you're watching it, you're like, oh, that's already happening. Yep. Or, or that's where we're, we appear to be headed. Yeah. And that's troubling. Well, so before I first saw the show and just saw the trailers, I was musing on like, you know, there's a matrix there where it's like, currently, like a lot of people, if they're at work, they're, there's these intruding thoughts or even like on your phone, you're getting dinged with like, oh, your spouse is texting you or your kids are getting like personal dings or getting their Facebook notifications. So you're like, you're, and I'm reading a book about called like um, an end to email or something like that, where it's like, how email like this hive mind this hyperactive hive mind is like ruining us <laughs> um that like we don't do de- is the guy who made deep work like his next book was about like the email swarm is like completely pulling us out of our attention span of being able to like sit there and like concentrate on something mm-hmm. for any amount of time so like if you're trying to like do work and you keep getting pulled in your personal life then like this idea of severance might be like oh i would love to like be able to like snap my fingers and dive into my work and do four hours of work a day in two two-hour chunks where I am not, I'm just focused on work and then I'm out and then I like check out for the day, right? Um, and then the other half is like people who cannot stop, they can't like stop <coughs> checking their phone after work. Like they're uh, they're done with the nine, like right. they're doing the other five to nine or from nine to five and then five to nine, 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. They're still kind of working or checking emails and like flinging emails back and forth, which I never resonated with and never will. Like, I'm never going to do that. I'm like, sorry, no. Like, unless you're paying me to be on demand like that. Right. Which I probably wouldn't even take a job like that. Um, so, like, those people might be like, oh, yeah, I would love to be able to, like, punch out when I punch out. And, like, I would love to leave work at work. Right? Some people probably think that. So, this idea of, like, would how many people might volunteer for somebody? <laughs> like, they would be like, yeah, if I could stop the intrusions into my work life so I could be more productive uh... at work for my own personal sanity of, like, I... Because you have like this anxiety where you're like, you know, oh, if you're like keep getting distracted, you're like, I'm not living up to my full potential at work, whatever. Or right. conversely, probably like the workaholic types would be like, I'd love to be able to snap my fingers and like not have to, like, I can't just like get in my car and go home. I'm still thinking about work and I'm not present with my kids. I'm not present with my spouse. Um, I'm just still like living in work and I'd like to be free of that, right? Like people on both ends of that spectrum might appeal, it might be appealing to have yeah. something like this happen where they could like more clearly and in a way like here's there's entire industries around this already about like mindfulness and this and that like how do you disconnect how do you focus at work and how do you disconnect from work at home but isn't isn't like that cognitive stuff i think that's i think that it's like you're trying to solve a problem like that it's a bug in the system like there isn't a solution to that like yeah the, the solution to that is to not feel that way about your work. <laughs> and the, and the, the hard part is too, like that people that people that we know of from history who've like made a mark in history through their work were 
in a sense, workaholics, or they didn't like they didn't bifurcate like that. Like Einstein's always mulling on whatever. Well, why and would he's, why and he's, like would drawing you? on the chalk? Like he's drawing on his wall. Like whenever like he wakes up in the middle of the night and writes down something. Like people like that's the kind of thing that like gets you somewhere. Is like constantly like it kind of we there like your brain and your life does not respect like nine to five, which is its own artificial thing. Right. Like so, it's like and again before industrial times, like. There was the cows were hungry when they were hungry, and the cows needed needed uh, milking when they needed milking. Like you didn't have this like, oh, sorry, cow, I can't help you now. Not so nine a.m. when I punch in. Like shift work, like wasn't a thing until the industrial times. So it's like it's a relatively recent thing, and then you layer knowledge work on top of that, and it's this extremely unhuman thing. Well, for the sake right for now. the sake of what you're saying, like you know, on the one hand, you might say, well, like, oh wow, I mean, I probably wouldn't mind something like that, right? But I think. In Adam Scott's character, what's clear <clears throat> is that even though he's severed mm-hmm. and he and he states pretty emphatically yeah. in the third episode, I don't want to undo it. Yeah. The show makes it very clear, like his work life and his personal life both suck. Right. Like his life when he goes home yeah, is awful. Sad. He's just watching TV with a beer. Yeah. He comes home in the dark, leaves in the yeah. dark, comes home so in the dark. Yeah. Whatever perceived benefit yeah right it's like it's not making his work life any better mm-hmm. and it's not making his personal life any better and so the question isn't like the like so then getting yeah. to your point of so like, like this whole this you? whole industry yeah. Yeah. of like self-help around how mm-hmm. to how to manage like why are we even having to figure out how to manage this in the first place do we hate our jobs that much or do we or do we crave the it's free time to get away from our jobs? people are not engaged at work and the, right. the people who are in charge of employees want that number to go down. <laughs> they want more engaged workers because they can squeeze that turnip more, right? Or they right. can get like the low hanging fruit of productivity gain well, I think that, that they can capture and extract without having to give it back, right? They can extract more shareholder value. We are, we are, and bamboozle them into thinking that it was their idea and they wanted it. <laughs> we are, uni- we are in, I think you could make the argument. I don't, I don't think you would disagree with this, that we are, we have, and this is true of almost anything, right? In the last, say, two hundred years, mm-hmm. right? It's like if there was a if there was a line that represented, quote unquote, human progress or evolution or whatever, it would go. It would barely perceptibly yeah. move for thousands and thousands and thousands of like years. Hundred maybe, right? So like, yeah. if there was a line yeah. work, and it would just go like this, like this, like this, like this, like this, like this, and then it would go whoop. Hockey stick, yep. And then you'd be like, right? So in a, in a, in a, it would almost be like, it would be like you, you fell asleep in your bed and you woke up the next morning and you were on a spaceship yeah. halfway to the moon. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck just happened? Mm-hmm. Well, you're on the way to the moon, so you better yeah. figure out what you're going to do. Like, and I think that from a, even from like a biological or evolutionary perspective, right? It's like we 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 facilitated the change so fast that now we're having to play catch up with like, yeah. oh my god, what did we just do to ourselves? Yes, yes. That's like, what that book I was saying was about. Like email, we thought like we thought email would solve the problems, but it created way more problems. Than made it, it worse because like as soon as you like lowered the cost and friction to synchronous communication. Or, a, or asynchronous, I guess it was, because like synchronous is phone call or go like try to track someone down in their cubicle or right. play phone tag or whatever. And like asynchronous was clumsy because it was like the mail cart or at best like the pneumatic tube thing. 
but like if you found a no cost way to do it like it it like exploded like the number like if you compared like oh, the inner office mail system if you use that as an analog to like right. how much server capacity we're going to need when we launch email you need to add a zero to that because the people are going to like oh this is great i'm going to send like monkey gifts everywhere <laughs> yeah, like, right. everyone's just like because it's free it's like if you had to put a postage right. stamp on every email you'd be very careful like how many right. you, you would use right about how many and what you said yeah. and how but you it's like, used your words all, you know we all know emails it was like i hope this finds you well in the first and then like by the third or fourth reply it's just like it turns into what IM. it's just if i were to tell forth. you what is email now what would you say it is it is absurd and obscene uh it is it is unfortunately the it is the means it is what people think work is, is living in email and sending emails back and forth to each other. That's what they, that, that constitutes 80% of a working day, time, and effort for a lot of people, I think. Well, I, th- I, think, I think that... When it should be a check-in in the morning, check-in in the afternoon, check your messages. It's like literally sitting by the mailbox waiting all day for the mail to come. Right, okay. Like, so, it makes no sense. So email has become synonymous with two things. Yeah. Now, so looking so, busy. So, in a, in the personal sense, the CC'd on your email, your email, your, yeah. email ad, your email address now yeah. is largely right. The email it's is, just, is just it's just junk mail on steroids. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's just that's what it is. Yeah. It's junk mail on steroids. Well, it took the place of phone calls. It took the place of in-person meetings. So, or those get layered on top of emails too. You have like ninety emails plus meetings to go to. <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a work environment, right? Yeah. Like. We used to, we still say, and we talk about like, um, like, well, it's like, well, sure glad we had a meeting about that. Like, yeah. that didn't even, we didn't even need to have that meeting. It was yeah. totally unproductive. Well, now emails like that. It's yeah. like, it's like, why did you even send that email? That served no, I, right? Like, we, we largely, with our personal and our work email, we've kind of learned to just ignore about 90% of whatever shows up in there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I have my, my own system for, like, because I hate, I always go to, like, Inbox Zero. Like, I hate having emails yeah. sitting there. And I I read emails as, like, one or more tasks I need to extract out of there and put take them out of the email and put them somewhere else and then file the email away where I can go get it if I need it. But, like, I don't, like, the email is not the me, the me, the end. It's the means. And, like, there's tasks in those emails that are things now on my list or things to track. And I keep track of those somewhere else, some other way, which people can use different systems for that. But, like... But a vast majority of what I ever, and most of my work, and most of my work, like, the email, email is either something I could literally ignore and still do my job just fine, or it's information that, like, someone could have just... Well, it's like, it's like well, the, I, had the it's opposite. Like, I have the opposite experience like, in my career so far. Like email is where you wait for things to come in that spawn things for you to do, but everything that everything that it spawns for you to do always circles back to an email. So it's like somebody emails you to ask for something or ask you to do something, and you might go over here into Excel or Word or whatever and do that thing, and then email it back to them or tell them like, "Oh, it's here. I'm done." <laughs> so like it's like the send. It's the it's the way to receive tasks to do. And the way that you close the loop and tie it off the bow, and it's like the means by which we work, and like, but then it's on you to like go like it's on you to like figure out what needs to be done in the, in what's being said, and then the means to do it is all these other tools over here, usually like Word or Excel or whatever, and it's like it's just weird like, and then when you have nothing to do, if you're like if your plate is clear, you're sitting there watching, waiting for emails to come in to like give you something to do next because you don't have like 
you don't have like a mountain to chip away or a masterpiece to craft or like you don't have like this like multi-step it's not like school where it's like I have the syllabus I have the reading list and like I know what to do next it's like you're kind of waiting for like another email to come in to spawn a task for you to do <laughs> well see to me to me like for me like I guess it depends on the job but like once I get into a position and kind of learn yeah. the ropes like I'm good like I don't need yeah I know what to do I do it it's like for me like it's like other than like the information that might come in like like for me like in my in a sales position right like a lead comes in yeah an email comes in there's a name there's a phone number there's an email yeah. address I take that information plug it in and that's it like, yeah I don't I don't need someone to send me an email every three weeks like hey here's a helpful tip on how to use this in this right. system or it's like shut the fuck up let me do my job like <laughs> yeah. like but but that's an email from a robot that's an automated email coming in versus like like what i was what i'm used to is like a human does compose and like oh i need to ask sean something so they like ask they like I have to sometimes hunt for like, what are you asking me to do, right? It's like, <laughs> I, so I always, I always do it where I'm like, I, if I'm a, a CEO on a plane and I can't tell <laughs> from the subject line what you need, I want it to be so that I don't have to scroll down to find, like it needs to be the pre-thumb scroll level, what is the ask? And then see below for more information, right? Um, but like, because <laughs> it drives me nuts when I'm like reading this like three page like literature and I'm like, what do you want me to do? What like, about this? Why do I have to <laughs> hunt and peck what it is you want me to do? What about this? <laughs> you go to a meeting. <laughs> when you go to the meeting, yeah. they use a PowerPoint slide. Yeah. They read you the, the entire slide in the meeting yeah. and then they email you the same PowerPoint after the meeting. Yeah. And you're like, so... And they ran out of time for Q&A. <laughs> And they're so like, like email me why did I even, why didn't you just get, send me? They get five people all asking the same question, to, but none of us knows that we each had the same question to that person because they ran out of time because they were <laughs> dinking around with like, what's everyone's good news? Like, let's share what happened on our weekend. I'm like, no, this is work time. Like, well, just, don't, don't give, don't take ah, me to a meeting where yeah. I sit for an hour and you like talk to one, and yeah. we have story this is a time. Seminar, yes. it's story yes. time. Yeah. Hey, kids, this is what the first slide says. <laughs> Even though you time. can read it, <laughs> it is grown-up story time. It's like the meet. So like, oh, the good on. kind of meetings I've had, I would better classify it like they're collab time. Yes. So like, yes. it's like let's put our heads together and move something from point A to point B together and brainstorm right. and like and like flush something out or like clarify something in a small group, no more than six at a time especially virtual, maybe four virtually, <laughs> like six is pushing it virtually, four, a group of four, you move something from A to B and you do it in 25 minutes, you give everyone five minutes back in their day or a buffer. But the, but the fundamental flaw here is going back to something we heard in, in, in church this morning. So using that, that from you, you cannot serve God and money. Yeah. Well, here, I, I would, let's phrase that a little bit differently for the sake of this conversation. You cannot serve vocational well-being and money. <laughs> you can to a yeah. degree, but my point is this: yeah. if if you go, if you approach your work and you're like, the only thing I'm worried about is making as much money as possible. I don't care what I do. Yeah. I don't care if I like it. I don't care if I'm good at it. My goal is to move up the ladder and make as much money as possible. Yeah. Good luck. Right. So. Because you won't like it if you, you will. You will. Game. You will. You will be a slave to the the wage, the yeah. earnings. But the, the well-being that you sacrifice yeah. will catch up to you. Yeah. But people do that all the time. Oh, yeah. 
That's the yuppie. Like, but yeah. if you if you say okay, like I'm gonna serve God or well being. Yeah. Right. And as much as possible, I'm going to try to find a way to merge well being with financial incentives. Yeah. Right. Which is then the root of that is contentment. Like that's the ideal. Yeah. Like you, right. Yeah. You want to get as close as you can to integrate those. Yeah. We've created a, an environment, a work culture, where on their face, most jobs couldn't be that. Yeah. <laughs> they couldn't be, they couldn't create that well-being. I think that like a, tying a it, truck driver can, cannot have, you can't have like somebody who's like, this is what I made to do because it's like, it sucks like to have to sit on your butt and drive. Some people, roads. some people like it. Some well, people like it. your health at least. But right? correct. Like, even if you like, like, oh, I get to like listen to audiobooks and, and like not talk to people. Great, but like so, you're on your ass so if I approach a truck driver and I say, <laughs> "Hey, there's a robot truck that in one year it's going to replace you. It's going to replace yeah. you. How do you feel about that?" Well, that's horrifying. That's terrifying. I love. I want my job. I don't want to lose my job. Oh, let's rephrase it. There's a robot truck that's going to replace your job in a year, and when it replaces your job, you're going to get a two thousand dollar check in the mail every month. Yeah, I don't give a shit. Yeah, bring the truck. Yeah, <laughs> <Yes>, I could. <laughs> it will replace you not in the not in the musical chairs way. It'll be like. It'll make it so that you don't have to do that anymore. Right. And you get you get the, the upside of a paycheck and the stuff that it buys without the downside of long hours on the road away from home and uh, sores on your ass. And, and chances and are really good. <laughs> chances are really good that if you were freed up from that job, yeah. even if you didn't hate it, you'd probably find something more satisfying to do with your yeah. time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But going back to the show, just to make it, I kept wanting to go yeah. back to this, like the... In the show, right, as you were talking about a collaboration, there's zero collaborative, right? Yeah. In the in the show, the context is like, right, there's all the terminals. There's zero collaboration. Even yeah, especially between departments, right. they like at rivalry with each other. They don't even know how many other are of others there are and like where they are. Well, and like and like the, how they have space. like the manual like enshrined yeah. in the wall. Yeah, yeah, that, you know? yeah. It looks like like a Bible or something. Yeah, it's really it's weird. Like, it was like it was like yeah. there, there, there's no thought for collaboration. It's just. Yeah. This is what the good book says. Like this is what the company, the gospel <laughs> yeah. of you know, yeah. turn to and like they, they even have it like it's kind of like yeah. turn to this page, this number, this yeah. letter. Like yeah. you know, it says here, and like, which is which is the opposite of right. Like it's much more likely that you would create, I think, um, vocational dissatisfaction if literally like every element of your job was prescripted and. And like yeah, you delivered. Like, what do I, what is the, like? What do you I just, even add to this? Nothing. Like, do you just, just the yeah. Do, 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 do. A monkey can like, do this job, right? right. And like, or does that mean I'm or a, a machine. Yeah, but right? like that devalues you as a human. Like, what is my human contribution to this? Zero. That's dissatisfying, right? Or if like I have a better idea, yeah, and you can't implement it, right? Yeah, that's frustrating because no one wants to be constantly frustrated, basically one way right. or the other. However, that frustration comes about. Um, humans don't like frustration. Especially if it's well, like if you're years frustrated at yeah. work, yeah, it's really bad for you. <laughs> yeah, which is why I, I kind of do like the Peter from Peter from Office Space, just kind of like yeah, whatever. Like I'm like I just like if it's five o'clock, I'm done, right? I'm like I'm not, not out of sight, out of mind, like not thinking about it anymore. Like I'm not gonna let it get to me, right? I don't, the, you know, like what? The, but there's but there's a degree to which they it, don't get to live rent free in my head after hours. You know what I mean? But the the, the degree to which so like so like if the if the I remember when I when I a lot of times when I would use when I would go to therapy they would say 
they say, you know, use words, use feeling words to describe yeah. how you're doing, right? So, so if you say, like, take, like, what are the words that we, you would use if you were to sit down every day before work and after work and say, write down the words that describe how you feel mm-hmm. before and after a day of work. If those words are consistent, let's say, let's just yeah. say that for the sake of the conversation, um, before word is like dread. The, 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 the word that comes up the most is bored. Yeah. What are the chances? Like you can say, well, I, I just, I learned to just tune that out. Or, or when I leave work, then I, if, if the primary adjective for your work life is bored, then the probability is very high that you're a bored person. <laughs> like, like if you have, if you have to live in a state of boredom for eight to 10 hours a day, five days a week, I don't care how interesting your, right? It's like fight club, right? It's like, it's like, I'm so existentially bored that the only way I can feel alive is to go to this place and beat the shit out of each other. We kind of have that with like people who like, yeah, they work as like, they work from home as like IT guys and then they go do Brazilian jiu-jitsu, which is the closest thing to fight club there is. Right. And like, like that kind of like you have to like counteract like I've been sitting on my ass all day and now I need to like just talk a man and just like wrestle and feel like visceral like well, the, the, the argument you know? argument like, is there's that, something there that yeah. no, I think I think like, that's and working out like exercise has exploded. People like people are going insane in COVID with work because and, like they need like an outlet <laughs> work work right now. Like yeah. we have we've turned work like, into something all time. Right we now, use like, we use this. Yeah. This. Yeah. And this. <laughs> that, that was your and, head, and, your hands. And the and only ass. thing that really ever has to move yeah. is this. Which, if you think, like, if you didn't, like, if you just. It's disembodied. Oh, yeah, on a picture. Like, if you if you're an alien looking at a worker and they're just, like, sitting at a. <laughs> like, they're sitting still and they move their fingers for eight hours. Like, it's the strangest thing. And then another eight hours, they're just laying in a bed. Right. Like, and or sitting conscious. in a vehicle, which is driving then, itself. Yeah, for four hours. Or going home and getting in front of with, a screen that something in an algorithm tells them what to yeah, watch. With their hands, <laughs> their thumbs moving across the little tablet thing um, while, while <laughs> another screen is on, but they're not really paying attention to that. Um, and then they get behind, yeah, they get behind, the, like they're sitting for 22 hours But a day. even like, even just in the <laughs> sense of like all the muscles and joints <laughs> yeah. and the, the, the physical. Yeah. Like, it's like. It would be like if you used, I don't know, it would be like if you used a, uh, it would be like using a, a, a bulldozer to take your kid to school. It's like, yeah. that's just, just me. why would you use a bulldozer to take yeah. you know, all these things that it can do? And all you're using is it to do, do, you know, it's like, yeah. like yeah, we, we, we have meant to like, yeah, like <laughs> go clear this forest and like go, like make this land ready to cultivate and like go bring in the harvest, go carry the well, water. And, and we like, have that. We and don't that's, do any of that stuff. And the, the outcome, like I remember like when I was working from home for Apple, like there yeah. was this whole thing, like the one thing that they were absolutely like, you know, like they were really, you have to, we have to know <laughs> that you did all the ergonomics stuff <laughs> because we know how minutes. bad this is for your <laughs> body. You better be sitting right. You, you better have everything. You tell us you did it so that someday when you sue us for your problems <laughs> right. that we kept track of you saying, yeah, I did because all Because we know how yeah. bad it is for you to sit with your yeah. arms held like this yeah. and your head like this. and it, Creamed, yep. Like, like, and it's like, and like, I'm going through this ergonomics stuff like, and I'm like, there is phone, no way I can sit perfectly like that. Like Apple watch, like ding you every 15 minutes. Like, Hey, you haven't moved. Like, are you alive? It, it can, it can. <laughs> You're like, Oh, this is, like I feel, I would feel sad. I'm like, Oh, this is my life now. Like my, like I literally haven't moved in 15 minutes and my 
my watch is telling me, are you still alive? Like on Netflix, like, are you still watching? You know, Sarah called it like, hey, are you still a loser message? I'm like, oh, look, we got the loser message. <laughs> but I feel like they got rid of it. because Anybody know, there? Like, they probably figured that like 99.9% of the time people say still watching. Right. I feel like they just got rid of it because they're like, I don't know. People do. Did. just They want to fall asleep to friends running in the background and wake up to friends still going. And it's like season six now. We started <laughs> on season two and all night it went through and you just like watch friends on loop, on a loop. And it's like, that's your happy place. And like, it's just like, oh, it's just so, we're on our way to the Wally people, I'm telling you. Anyway. So to wrap things up with the conversation about the show. So um, <laughs> it's, 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 I think it's, it's, I think that the show and it, what it's what it's setting up is right. So there's two things I think that it's setting up the tension of like, you know, what are these people going to do mm-hmm. to break free of this catastrophic choice that they've made, yeah. right? Like, so they are they are the we, we're invested in you know like the story of like. Well, it's the two of them. The other two don't seem to care to get out of it at least yet, right? Right, but I think I think at, at the I end of the day, like what 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 the two main characters represent is they are the ones going yeah. through the struggle of yeah. like trying to mm-hmm. to either like in in the case of of Adam Scott's character trying to make it work yeah or in the case of Helly's character trying to Get bust out of, out of it. it yeah yeah the other two are just like yeah whatever it's kind of the Plato's cave <laughs> story a little bit it's a slightly different twist. Like Westworld's yeah. that same. Well, season one is kind of the, that same idea, but this is like a little twist on that cave idea. Like except, the, the except that you, you're already out of the cave. Yeah, and you're, you're like, are, yeah. I, I elect to be I, in I the go, cave. I want to go back to that, which is kind of like the Matrix too. Of like, yeah, like I want to, I want to go back to the shadows because that seems more real to me and less and more comfortable. That comfy, comfy cave place is more is, is comfortable compared to the big wide world. Right. Right. No, it's so it's kind of reverse matrix. It's reverse like reverse matrix. It's like it's like when the guy who chose to like no put me back in the yeah, matrix. Right for, like yeah, I don't care. Exactly. It's, it's more comfortable there. Yep. And I think the other thing is that I think that the other big story right here is what is this company all about? Yeah. What are they doing? Yeah. And I think that 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 is the the other meaningful thing is like that there's this the story is about like okay well like mm-hmm. obviously the company is appears to be. Mm-hmm evil and that they're probably doing something their work is probably connected to something yeah. quite nefarious we don't PD know what it is yeah there's people who but, never leave who are there which right. is like where's their audis quote unquote like are there audis like in cold storage like in westworld somewhere <laughs> so that the innies are always working right or is like is this whole thing to like get 24 7 human work out of people while you give your outsiders the out you give the audis like a fake life like it's it, is it go is it the matrix where you're like <laughs> the humans are the batteries on the innies and then you give them an illusion of an outside life as a quote-unquote break but like really that side of their consciousness is always working 24 7 three shifts right well so, like, so i think what they're doing here i think that you know I, mean? I think that the, the we're in the point in the show three episodes in right like where i think at some point there's going to be some kind of reveal or twist right yeah. that's going to make it like where it's gonna mm-hmm. pull back the curtain, yeah, kind of yeah. like in Westworld, right? Yeah. It's, like, it's like, yeah, oh, this is what, yeah, yeah, is actually going on, um, and it's it's gonna it's gonna help us to pinpoint, like, yeah, you know, okay, like, what is this? What is, How many right? episodes total do we know? I, I, I haven't okay. checked. I'm sure probably it's probably ten or twelve, like but, usual. But they are. I'd, I know they're filming season two like next month, so it's already okay like, set up. For next month, there's a part of me that wants just to be one season so I can get the full resolution. But yeah. I think that I think that um, 
it's a very, it's a very, um, I mean, it, it's, it seems like it's perfect for the times we're in. And, and, in but I think, and I think that the, just, just the way that it's just, even that first episode, the way it starts, yeah. like yeah. there's this woman lying on the table yeah. and you're looking down from above yeah. and you have no, you know, and like, What's going on? like, and I love, I mean, it, the show does a really good job of like, like, it's just, it gets you like, what mm-hmm. you're trying to, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What is going on? Like, like when Petey mm-hmm. is, you know, in the shower and then he turns around and Himself he's in the shower and then, yeah. and then he sees her on the phone, but then all of a sudden she's in her office and then yeah. she's in his basement and like. Like his severed mind's coming. I feel like there's some very similar, other. very yeah. similar to, I feel like there's a, there's a component of Westworld here where it's like, it's yeah. playing with. Like, right. So like, mm-hmm. I think you, you've talked about in, like the unreliable narrator, yeah, right? Like, I think there's some of that going on. There's some confusion, like, and like, yeah. so then <laughs> perception versus reality, right? Like there's things that the show is playing with that I think are going to make it very. All this from the guy from Dodgeball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, uh, uh, what's his name from Heavyweights? The, basically the same character as the guy from Dodgeball. <laughs> I, ben Stiller, I think. Tony is, Perkis, that's his name. <laughs> ben Stiller is an interesting. Yeah, he's had quite a career. He, he's interesting in the sense that, um, like, it's almost like, it's almost like he made, he made his money doing all the goofy stuff yeah. that he did at the beginning. And now he's like, all right, now yeah. I'm going to do... I feel like Adam Sandler's on what the way I, to that, too. Yes. like Adam Sandler's latest, latest stuff. Or he does, like, every fourth movie is, like, a serious... And you're like, oh, this guy can act. And then he does, like, Grown Ups 3. And you're like, okay. Right. But, like, he uses but that like to make that money. But, like, that one movie that, that he was in? Cut Gems. Like, whoa. whoa. Like, let's see that guy. I want to see more of that guy. And I, I mean, think that's where he's going. You know? That's one of yeah. the best performances yeah, in one crazy. of the most like, this guy is like crazy Gilmore, <laughs> but it's right. like that's how he made his money and i think yeah. i think ben stiller is the water boy right that. he's he's there was a movie that he did there was two movies that he did one was the one where he he was um the secret life of walter mitty oh yeah which if you watch that movie very similar yeah. to this one yeah like the way that people are whether that worked mm-hmm. at time magazine and all that very similar aesthetic to that and then he did another movie where he played like a, an aging, like more of an aged couple. And like he gets him and his wife become friends with like this really young hipster couple. And like, it raises all these questions about like, like life and like, you mm-hmm. know, like, and, like, and it, and you can just see, right. Like, like sometimes these creative people that, like, you know, you think it's just, Oh, he's just a stupid comedian or he's just a, he's yeah. Zoolander. He's not, yeah, Zoolander. he's yeah. not like, you know, yeah. the guy with like something really important to say about, yeah. about, but, but I he's think, like, you know, 50 something and, yeah. I think I think this yeah. show is is, is I'd love to, I wish there was, is there commentary on Apple TV Plus like can you watch these with with producer executive commentary and stuff or is that like I don't think something so. that like only when it kind of comes out later because like I would love to hear like his, his commentary to, like, because it comes out every week I'd love to like watch it and then rewatch it with commentary of right. people who made it you know right I mean? because <laughs> I mean, that what stuff they? is like amateur on YouTube but like I want to hear from I, I want Ben Stiller to tell me like. Well, I love what, what I love you know about I mean? this show is that I think it's 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 there's there's elements of it that are sufficiently vague enough yeah. that it allows it to kind of mean what it means to you. Yeah. All right. Well, that'll wrap it up for today. We went pretty long on this one, but we hope you enjoyed it, and we'll see you next time.